that it was a prank or some sort of a scam. It took some phone calls to convince her that the nomination was real. This was it. Taiwan was going to be on an acclaimed international list of new wineries, featuring all the usual suspects. Spain, France, Australia, South Africa, and so on. The brand now takes orders from Hong Kong's wealthy, and it's also served up limited amounts in exclusive China Airlines cabins. These Taiwanese wines have even been given as a gift by President Tsai Ing-wen herself on trips abroad. Gifts to heads of state. And yet, production remains relatively small-scale and local. A secret Taiwanese success story known to only a select and discerning few. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today my guest is David Ho, who is the author of this book. It's about the Z generation. It means that the people who were born in the 90s, and uh, about how to keep the talents of Z generation for those who specialize in office design. But first of all, a little background about David. Um, he's an architect. He uh, studied masters um, at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, he mastered in architecture design. And he's been in this profession for 25 years, and uh, he's won many different awards. But let's meet David. Hi, David. Hi, Shirley. Now, we've been friends for almost 30 years, oh, so we can really relax and just have fun, right? Anyway, I've looked at this book. Uh, it doesn't have an official English name yet, but eventually it's going to be translated into English, right? That's uh -huh. why we're doing this interview in English. But um, anyway, it's a great book. Wow. It's got Thank lots, you. lots of information, mm -hmm. which I find very interesting. I've got three kids, literally from Z generation, right? And they were born after the 90s. Yeah, right, you know, after the 90s. And so, anyway, I'm just thinking that it's interesting how you combined what you understand about Z generation and design, mm -hmm. or rather office right. design. Mm -hmm. So it's just packed with a lot of information here. That's right. First of all, why did you want to study architecture? When I was uh, going to the uh, university when I was in you know, the 20s, I was majoring in physics. My first year in the university, as a freshman, uh, I was quite tense because when I studied physics, I know, oh, that's not my interest. When you study physics, you need to study many, many, many math, many, oh. many calculations. I'm not good at math. And then after that, I, I'm not going to do this. I, I, I'm going to escape from the physics. That's my first step to think, okay, who am I? What am I looking for? What's my interest in? That ring my bell to think about Back to the uh, past when I go to the uh, high school, I take bus to high school. And I think, okay, okay, and wow, this building looks good and that building looks bad. Why is that? So that makes me think about, oh, wow, maybe that's the thing I'm interested in. Is it also because you also like to draw? You've always liked to draw, right? Well, drawing is, is it's my habit, but I'm not that kind of, you know, uh, traditional arts, fine arts drawing. Then I transferred to uh, architectural design in the university from the physics. Wow, that makes me feel, wow, that's a relief. I, finally, I find my way. 
So I'm very happy to study architectural design in the university. And then, why this book? It took me about eight to 10 years to you know, collect all the uh, social information, which I take a look at very close to the 90s. That's because when I work, when I talk to my clients, I need to you know, interview with all the- all Oh, the people in the 1990s, right? That's right. That's right. I, okay. I, I need to know what they need so that I can apply to my, to my design. Oh. That's why I have a very close look to 90s. And I collect all these you know, different information and then I found out, okay, in the 90s, people will always say, oh, they are strawberry. Yeah, we need to explain what strawberry generation right. is. Okay, um, here in Taiwan, you know, in Chinese, they call it Taomeyuzhu, that's like strawberry group or people or generation, which means that they're, they're soft inside, you know, they can't take hard jobs. Good looking so outside, but fragile inside. Fragile on the inside. Okay, but in America, they think of the Z generation as being the strawberry generation. But I found out, what I found out is, is totally different. Totally different. They have good looking outside, that's right. But inner side, they have many, many creative ideas. They want to see the things happen. They jump around because they have too many ideas and they want to th see things happen. That's quite different from our generation. Our generation, you know, people, you need to polite. You, you don't talk too much. You just do what you want, you know. Right, you just do. obey. Yeah, yeah, yeah obey yeah. the boss. But for the 90s, they just, hey, this is my idea. Listen, I found out, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's for the 90s, they are awesome. They jump around because they want to see the world. They have passion, but they don't have patience. That's because they have too many creative ideas. ideas. And they are energetic because they want to see things happen. So I found out, wow, that's the great things in the 90s. So I want to write all these down with my design, through the design to help people know, hey, 90s, they are great. So that's why I wrote this book. Well, we're not gonna get into details mm -hmm. about the book because everybody should go and buy this book, right? But I do wanna ask though, like, you know, what do the people in the Z generation expect of their parents? That's a very good question. Um, as I say, they got lots of, you know, different ideas, creative thinkings. They want to see things happen. So they expect either parents or boss to listen to them. That doesn't happen in our generation. In our generation, right. we listen to our parents, know, our boss. So. But now they want to, they expect us to listen to them. But do you think it's easy? For I'm them, it's easy. So you've been a supervisor mm -hmm. to people of the Z generation. That's right. What was it like? The one who got patience is me. I have to have <laughs> yeah, patience okay. to listen to them. Not listen, but always think carefully, hey, what you want? What they want okay. and what the things I can provide to them to fulfill their dreams come true. Oh wow, that's so different from yeah. being a boss to a group of people. That's it's like you throw down commands and you tell them to do uh -huh. what you want them to do. But you learned earlier on that you need to listen more to your employees and what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. so I think that's a training for me, yeah. for all the, you know, the bosses. Well, of course, as a parent too, right? But we'll get to that because eventually we're going to be having an interview with David's two daughters, two daughters mm -hmm. you know, in on the interview, and then we can learn more about that. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin.
a little bit about a book. Okay. I didn't quite understand what's mood design. Okay, mood design, that's not a new term. That's not a new word. Really? It's a new word to me. Okay, right. <laughs> but for the design field, mood design is, you know, you de design something, consider about how people, when people use it, how people can create their mood. Okay, that's called mood design. You mean what you want to create the mood for them or to think ahead as to what mood they want to have and you try to create that mood for them, which is it? Oh, both, both. yes. Yeah. But I found out that nobody noticed this point, nobody want to apply this point to the 90s. Most of all, people want to create something, start from the functional things. Okay, can I use this uh, things uh, easily, conveniently? That's the first things people considering about right. when do the design work. And that an office has to be an office. You can't have a toy in there. That's that right. Functional things is very important, right. of course. But when I do the design, I try to apply the mood into my space for the 90s. Because, as I said, 90s, they want to you know, express themselves very, very, very much. They have many ideas, many feelings. And that's the point when I do the design. I must thinking about how to apply their feeling, how to use their feeling applying my design. So you need to stand in their shoes That's right. and try to figure out what would make them happy. So when they walk into the space, walk into their office, they feel, oh, hey man, this is my space. This belongs to me. So that they can make them, you know, enjoy their work, enjoy their environment. So when they walk into their office, what do they expect to see? Say like in the pantry space. Wait a minute, are you saying that future office space, would there be individual offices? Are you saying no more of that? No more dividers? There will be less, less. and less individual rooms. So now you're saying, you're talking about a pantry, yeah, which is like the water example. cooler area. Think about night is what they want. They want to, you know, have many, many chatting space, many, many different corners. They can have a chat, they can, you know, talk about their ideas. So pantry space is another space to let them relax and chatting. In this sense, you need to put, you know, say like maybe a sofa over there. Really, in maybe the pantry? A, yeah, it's, it's like a coffee shop. Oh, so people okay. can okay. sit in, have a nice cup of coffee and soft light and, and relax, really relax in the pantry space. Okay. So that's quite different from the past. I see that from the book, you've got beautiful, colorful pictures. Mm -hmm. And it seems like your idea is like a lot of color. It's not just wow. one color, mm -hmm. you know, because you think that an office space should be very neutral. You want them to focus on their work and not like, oh, there's a rainbow or, <laughs> you know, all this different color and get distracted. Like, you don't want that, but you have a lot of colors. Color is one of the way to, you know, inspire. Inspire ideas. What else would you have in a pantry? In the past, pantries always stay in the corner, hiding in the secret corner. True. People walk long aisles to the pantry, but nowadays, I would like to sit pantry just beside the main entrance. So everybody walk into the office, the first sight to look at, oh, that's the pantry. Oh, I want really? to sit in. Yeah, to become a showroom of the office. 
to show people, to show the guests, hey, this is our office. Very relaxed, very, very comfortable space. So would you say that the pantry is like, well, okay, probably the second most important space in an office building besides the big boss's office? That's right. Really? That's right. It's, it's totally different from the past. Even become a showroom to show not a product, but to show the mood of the colleague, the staffs. Talk about two finished products that you've done that you're really proud of and why. I know that you spent some time in Beijing, China, um, after you finished your studies in Edinburgh. And actually you have quite a few really um, amazing projects and mm -hmm. that's been reported and also gotten awards. Yeah, you wanna talk maybe one or two of these projects that you're really proud of and, mm -hmm. and tell us why? Say like, uh, for example, the uh, EDG office in Beijing. Okay, what, what kind of company is that? It's a, it's a design office, design it's office? a design company. This project because of, I design all the things from inside to outside. I not only handle the interior design, but also the facade, also the landscape, also the signage design is a, a whole pack under my concept. Well, I'm sure the, um, you know, the client, they told you what they want, right? What do they want? When you walk into this office, they want everybody feel free because it's a design company. So yeah. they hope the, the, the space in this building, everybody can feel, you know, the, the ideas, different ideas, you know, jumping around, you know. Even the conflict is okay. One of the ideas yeah, is like, like, like a bubble. It's an old factory building, so I want to put each single space just like a bubble, very gentle, lightly sit into this old factory. So the meeting room is like a, like a bubble. So what you're saying is that even though, you know, like a group space is important, but it's also important that each person, sometimes they want to be on their own, right? Mm -hmm. Individual. So that's why you have this bubble. It's for like individual, one person, leave I me think, alone yeah, kind of right. mm -hmm. time. Try to imagine what a bubble is. Really, it's like a bubble. It's see-through. It's kind of it's not transparent, it's translucent. It's kind of, you know, dreamy kind of um, mm -hmm. surface. But it's looking like a pumpkin almost. Even though you can moving around, move to where you want to stay. Another idea is environmental friendly. So I use lots of reused timber. Are you talking about the one where the walls got like these wooden blocks in That's it? right, that's, really? that's what, what I'm talking about. It's like all these walls, right? With a metal frame, mm -hmm. and then the inside is all like blocks of wood that you would put over a fireplace. Yeah, yeah the structure is like a sandwich. On the both side, it's, it's the frame. It's the uh, metal mesh. Metal, yeah, right. And then inner side is the reused wood timber. I chopped it off and, you know, like sandwich filling to yeah. fill into. So you can even smell, smell the wood, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what you meant by, you know, bring nature in there. Because not only seeing it, but you're smelling the wood. You felt, you felt relaxing when you walk into that space. Can you think of another project that you're really proud of? And can I briefly talk about that one? Okay, I want to introduce another project in Taiwan. That's a matchmaker office. Single man, single woman meeting there and to, you know, to, right. to, to imagine their future. Not too bright, kind of dim, yeah, but, but also a lot of colors. Because yeah. colors make makes you think. I also made a lot of uh, round shape. Traditional Chinese, it means um, circle, it means uh, union, union, it makes harmony, uh, harmony marriage, <laughs> man and woman. So I use lots of, you know, round circle, I round see, 
to emphasize this kind of idea and also many, many different colors. Yeah, oh, that colorful. Is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, there's so much more I can ask you, so much more you can talk about this book, right. but uh, I'm just saying that it's just really amazing talking to you. Hopefully you like this book. Y yes, and this is David Ho. Thank you, David. Thank you, Shirley. Join me again next week because I'll be talking with David Ho and his two daughters from the Z generation. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Classic shorts, poems, and stories from Chinese literature. Hello and welcome to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. This month we're looking at Chinese poems about the moon. Today we look at three famous poets, starting with Li Bai. He wrote many poems about the moon, and this one is a toast to the moon. It's called Inquiring of the Moon, Wine Cup in Hand. When did the moon first come to be? Just now I've set my wine aside to ask. Unreached by anyone, accompanying everyone. A flying mirror brightness over crimson palace gates. Her purest light shines forth when azure mists have been dispersed. How is it that what disappears in clouds at dawn is seen arising only over the sea at dusk? Why does the rabbit grind elixir ceaselessly? Who keeps a lonely tongue or company? People today see not the moon the ancients saw, and yet this moon shone once upon the ancients. Ancients, moderns, are like the flowing waters. All see the bright moon as it is. My only wish is that when wine and song are near, moonlight will forever linger on this goblet fair. That was a beautiful ode to the moon by the very famous poet of the Tang Dynasty, Li Bai. In Chinese culture, the moon is also connected to thoughts of love. And her next poem is by Tang Dynasty poet Zhang Zhouling. It's called Viewing the Moon, Thinking of You. As the bright moon shines over the sea, from far away, you share this moment with me. For parted lovers, lonely nights are the worst to be. All night long I think of no one but thee. To enjoy the moon, I blow out the candlestick. Please put on your nightgown, for the dew is thick. I try to offer you the moonlight, so hard to pick. 
hoping a reunion in my dream will come quick. The ancient Chinese poets were quite romantic, weren't they? And now for one more poem, singing the moon's praises. This is by Song Dynasty poet Su Shi. It's called "Prelude to the Melody of Water." How rare the moon, so round and clear, with cup in hand. I ask of the blue sky. I do not know in the celestial sphere what name this festive night goes by. I want to fly home, riding the air, but fear the ethereal cold up there. The jade and crystal mansions are so high, dancing to my shadow. I feel no longer the mortal tie. She rounds the vermilion tower, stoops to silk pad doors, shines on those who sleepless lie. Why does she, bearing us no grudge, shine upon our parting, reunion deny? But rare is perfect happiness. The moon does wax, the moon does wane. And so men meet and say goodbye. I only pray our life be long, and our souls together heavenward fly. As you can see, the moon has played a very special role in Chinese culture. For centuries, and it still does today. That's why one of the biggest festivals of the year is celebrated this month, the Moon Festival, where people go out and enjoy the beauty of the moon with their families, and think of their loved ones if they're far away. Thanks for tuning in for this taste of Chinese culture. I'm Natalie Sell for Classic Shorts. Listening to News Playlist, we've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you. Brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, your program host. A Reuters report says the White House has approved three new arms packages, including offensive weapons 
for Taiwan and has sent them to Congress for approval. They include anti-ship harpoon missiles, rocket launchers, and drones. One harpoon missile can sink a ship. A Reuters report says the U.S. has sent three arms packages for Taiwan to Congress for approval. These include harpoon anti-ship missiles and MQ-9 drones. Military expert Zhen Jiwen says the missiles can help Taiwan defend and dominate the Taiwan Strait. MQ-9 drones can be used in conjunction with P-3 Orion aircraft to monitor the surrounding seas for a longer period of time. The Reuters reports that the White House has already approved the three arms packages. They include external sensor pods for F-16 jets and a truck-based rocket launcher called HIMARS that could attack China's coast, and long-range harpoon anti-ship missiles called SLAM-ER. This package differs from past packages in that it includes offensive weapons, meaning that Taiwan could use them to attack. Zheng says as for the U.S.'s Indo-Pacific strategy, as long as the offensive weapons are limited, they're in line with U.S. interests. There's already an imbalance of military power in the Taiwan Strait, so passive defense weapons cannot meet Taiwan's defense needs. Reports cite a total of seven U.S. arms packages in store for Taiwan. The Defense Ministry says it will report on the packages once they've been approved. Natalie So, RTI News. This year, the Air Force has already spent over 4.1 billion Taiwan dollars sending warplanes to intercept Chinese military aircraft entering Taiwan's airspace. Earlier this month, President Tsai Ing-wen said Taiwan will not give up an inch of its territory. She was speaking during an inspection tour of an Air Force unit. Five eighty-three jet trainers fly in formation over the presidential office on Tuesday in preparation for the National Day celebrations. Helicopters fly overhead, showcasing the national flag as well. The display is a demonstration of Taiwan's determination to defend itself. Chinese aircraft have been entering Taiwan's airspace at an alarming rate. The Navy has dispatched boats more than 7,500 times this year. That's 1,600 more times than last year. The Air Force has also deployed planes 2.3 times more than it did last year. These flights have cost nearly 140 million U.S. dollars this year. Premier Su Jianchang says with the Chinese war plans nearing Taiwan, these costs are necessary to protect Taiwan's national security. Military expert Zhang Jiwen urged the military to strike a balance between national security and the economy, perhaps by including the Navy in its maneuvers. In any case, Taiwan's Air Force is standing by for any situation. A Taiwanese man named Li Mongju disappeared in China in August of last year. Now he has resurfaced in the video released by Chinese authorities. Li says that he was a spy working on behalf of Taiwan. But authorities in Taiwan say that's not true. Li Mengju was a local government consultant in Taiwan's southernmost Pingdong County. He disappeared on August 20, 2019 in Shenzhen, China. The following month, Chinese officials said that he had been detained on suspicion of undermining China's national security. But there was no further news about Li for more than a year. This week, China released a video of him saying he's a spy and that he was conned into going to China by Chen Yaling, the head of the township where Li worked. Chen says that Li was speaking under duress. Chen says that such ploys by the Chinese government play out like a joke in Taiwan. 
He says that if Li really was conned into going to China, then authorities there should just let him return. Meanwhile, Interior Minister Xu Guoyong says that the Mainland Affairs Council will handle Li's case. For Li's family, the video is the first time they've seen him alive since his disappearance. It's a relief, but now the concern is whether they can secure his return. Leslie Liao, RTI News. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. A final batch of Black Hawk helicopters for use in rescue missions has arrived in the southern city of Kaohsiung. At midnight on Thursday, six Black Hawk helicopters were hauled from Kaohsiung's harbor side to a hangar. For military buff, it was a spectacle to behold. It took about 200 people three hours to move the helicopters to the hangar. An official with the National Airborne Service Corps Zhen Rongfeng says that despite the workload involved, moving the helicopters into the hangars has its advantages, in particular, reducing the risk of damage from typhoons. Zhen said the six helicopters are equipped with thermal imaging that can detect body temperatures, which makes rescue work a lot quicker. The culture ministry has spent several years putting together a collection of Taiwanese culture assets to show to the world. The collection's website officially went online last week. The Taiwan Cultural Memory Bank, a website showcasing Taiwanese cultural assets, is officially going online on October 17th. This choice of date is not a coincidence. October 17th is the day the culture ministry has designated Taiwan Culture Day. The bank contains 2.7 million records of materials on Taiwan's tangible and intangible cultural assets. The project has been made possible through the combined effort of various government ministries, city and county governments, civic groups, and museums under the jurisdiction of the culture ministry. You can visit the website and learn about everything from traditional glove puppetry to traditional artisans, and watch videos of artists at work too. You can also find materials on renowned cartoonists, religious traditions and folklore, and recorded memories of the martial law period. The culture ministry says it hopes that the world gets to know Taiwan through its rich cultural assets with the help of technology. Shirley Lin, RTI News. There are many ways to conduct diplomacy, but the food-obsessed Taiwan makes sure to include what you might call seafood diplomacy in its diplomatic arsenal. Over the past three years, the foreign ministry and Taiwan's External Trade Council have teamed up to work on securing buyers for seafood from Taiwan's Central American allies. King prawns and rock lobsters may not seem like obvious foreign policy tools, but for Taiwan, they're tools that work just fine. The island nation is obsessed with seafood, so buying up seafood from diplomatic allies is a natural way of boosting ties while making sure the appetites of Taiwanese diners are satisfied. This is the third year that the foreign ministry and TITRA, Taiwan's foreign trade organization, have put together a team to purchase seafood from allies in Central America. Guatemala, Belize, Honduras, and Nicaragua all maintain formal relations with Taiwan, and their seafood industries are reaping the benefits this year in particular. 
The foreign ministry Taitra team consists of nine Taiwanese importers, and they've just struck a deal to buy up 31 million U.S. dollars worth of seafood from these allied nations. Not that Taiwanese companies need encouragement to buy. From January to September, sales of Central American seafood in Taiwan jumped 20% over the same period last year. Needless to say, expectations for future sales are high. John Van Trieste, RTI News. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. I hope you have enjoyed listening to our show today. For any comments or suggestions, you may write to rti at rti.org.tw. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Bye-bye. All it takes is a click to listen to RTI online. Get exercise for your finger and exercise for your mind at english.rti.org.tw. As I said earlier this year, the willful and determined exclusion of Taiwan is inhumane. This virus has shown the world the artificiality of borders and the deadly harm of victimizing people on the basis of partisan politics. Responsibility for world health means responsibility for the health of all of the world's people. Hello and welcome to this week's On the Line brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Ambassador Andrea Bowman, the ambassador of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, said Taiwan has done a remarkable job in containing the COVID-19. And the way she sees it on the part of the public, the experience of SARS seems to have taught a valuable lesson to the Taiwanese, as Taiwanese seem to have adapted to the requisite protocol. And elsewhere in the world, indiscipline and ignorance have made the situation worse. On the part of the government, she says, Taiwan government led with knowledge, decisiveness, consistency, transparency, and effective use of technology and communication. In terms of supporting Taiwan's bid to join the international organizations such as the WHO, she said Taiwan should not be left out, and the exclusion of Taiwan from the WHO is inhumane, stressing that Responsibility for world health means responsibility for all the people in the world. And our guest again is Ambassador Andrea Bowman, the Ambassador of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. A high school, this is an interesting story that I came across recently, a high school in SVG in St. Vincent. Mm -hmm. And it happens to be the high school mm -hmm. that you were the headmistress before. And this is the St. Vincent Girls High School. Recently, it has put uh, Mandarin classes on its curriculum. Supposedly, of course, this uh, idea came from you, Ambassador. Mm -hmm. Would you uh, elaborate on that? <laughs> yes. I'm so pleased about this pilot program at the girls' high school. The first classes were held on the 14th of September with the four first forms of the school 
and the students' excitement is infectious. Did you see the videos? Yes, it, it's yes. It's just so heartwarming. Right. They were given Chinese names. They learned a Chinese song. And I know that they looked forward to their second class on Monday this week. And I actually saw a video and um, footage of that second class, which took place on Monday this week. And they are, it's really delightful. I know, really but, delightful. Uh, you know, for a um, student in the Caribbean um, yes. to be given a different name, <laughs> a, a Chinese name in particular. Yeah. So I can see from the video that mm. everyone was very excited. Very excited. It's and so talking about a Chinese name, how did you actually get your Chinese name here in Taiwan? My tutor actually gave it to me. Now, my tutor, this is my tutor at my formal classes you know, that are put on for members of the diplomatic community and so on. But please don't ask me to say it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this project, the pilot project mm -hmm. in St. Vincent, as you mentioned, this is a pilot project. And yes, this is. is in collaboration with the Taiwan Technical Mission, Mission. in yes. St. Vincent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, could you talk about the hiring of a teacher and also the design of the curriculum as well? Yes, okay. The Taiwan Technical Mission is responsible for the remuneration of the teacher, Yves Hong, who arrived in St. Vincent from Jordan on the 27th of August. So she basically got to work right away, mm -hmm. but she's very experienced. Okay, The broad curriculum thus far is to present a light history and culture of Taiwan in order to contextualize the language learning. As I said, Ms. Hong... She is specifically trained in language teaching and she has tons of experience. So, I mean, and you can see from her outcomes right away. Yes, okay. yes. Now, at this initial stage, the objective is to foster enjoyment in the language learning process to get going, which is what we see. We are not going to, I don't think from the get-go, there's going to be any rigid assessment done. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just... Let's yeah. get them enjoying it. Let's yes. get them appreciating the whole experience of learning a new mm. language, a very different language. Mm. And then we take it from there. Yes. Mm. As a teacher and educator yourself, mm -hmm. uh, Ambassador, how do you see the benefits of uh, learning or even uh, providing the Mandarin language classes uh, to all the students in St. Vincent and mm -hmm. the Grenadines. Mm -hmm. Now, prior to this, this pilot program at the Girls High School where Mandarin is actually a part of the first former's timetable, so then they are specifically timetabled to have Mandarin two periods per week, each of the four first forms, okay? So, but prior to this, Mandarin classes were offered and probably still are being offered at the St. Vincent and the Grenadines Community College as an optional course. You see, so this very offering, this very offering at the community college level indicates that there is a recognition in our country of the benefits to be derived from the acquisition of this language. Students, young persons have to be pre have to be prepared to traverse the global stage. Mm -hmm. The world has become smaller and the global economy is trending eastward. So the school environment, I think, is the best context for effective foreign language learning. The structure that it offers, the structured learning, is best for effective learning. Yeah. So what is more, having this language presented, as I said, by an experienced first language speaker is a bonus. So... I really trust that our students will capitalize on this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, in January this mm -hmm. year, St. Vincent uh, has taken the place on uh, UN 
Security Council for two years as a not permanent member. Now you call it a little country in a very big seat. Now you have a big voice in the UN now,、mm-hmm. and we know that Saint Vincent has for. Many years expressed support for Taiwan's、uh, participation in the international organizations、uh, such as the WHO, and actually, Saint Vincent expressed disappointment in the WHA assembly for excluding Taiwan this year. Now, Ambassador, can you tell us more? You know what Saint Vincent will do in the future to help Taiwan join this. Especially WHO international organization. <laughs> Now the stubbornness, the stubbornness of the WHO with regard to Taiwan's inclusion. If even in the World Health Assembly, as a reinstated participant, is extremely disappointing. As I said earlier this year, the willful and determined exclusion of Taiwan is inhumane.、Mm. This virus has shown the world the artificiality of borders and the deadly harm of victimizing people on the basis of partisan politics. Responsibility for world health means responsibility for the health of all of the world's people. As human beings, this is one of our shared responsibilities. Saint Vincent de Grenadines remains strident in its call for Taiwan's sovereignty to be recognized. Indeed, our embassy here in Taipei serves an, an, as an advisor to a non-governmental organization, Happy Home World Alliance International, which is working towards hosting a 60-country United Nations forum, a youth forum, in New York City next year. A forum of this nature would greatly enhance Taiwan's standing and legitimacy on the world stage. We are working towards making this a reality. Yes, indeed, Ambassador. You know, I don't think that Taiwan should be excluded. You're listening to Online, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Today, I'm speaking with the Ambassador of Saint Vincent and the Grenadines, Ambassador Andrea Bowman. And since you're here in Taiwan, actually, you witness what the government and the people of Taiwan have been doing、mm-hmm. to prevent. The spread of the virus. Can、mm-hmm. you tell us about your experience of what you have seen or what you've experienced here in Taiwan personally? Okay, now I'm going to deal with it in two sections: the response of the Taiwanese people and the response of the government. Okay, now by and large, the discipline of Taiwanese has been impressive, very impressive. What I recognize is that the experience of SARS seems to have taught invaluable lessons, and Taiwanese readily adapted to the requisite protocols. We look elsewhere, and we see the deadly impact of ill discipline and ignorance, the folly of not adhering to science. This situation does not exist among the Taiwanese people, and the Taiwanese government, led with knowledge. Decisiveness, consistency, transparency, effective use of technology, and communication.、Yes. The daily briefings from the CECC inspired confidence and a sense of security. It was really a command con- command control center.、Mm-hmm. Took full control of the whole、mm-hmm. scenario. I know that I speak on behalf of the Vincentian community in Taiwan. When I say that the feeling of safety is the dominant emotion, which we have experienced throughout the period of this pandemic,、mm-hmm. and that in itself may even seem a bit ironic, seeing that we are so close to 
persons across the street. <laughs> but honestly, there was this sense of security and safety, knowing that once we follow what is required of us or what is asked of us, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. talking about yourself, Ambassador, mm-hmm. you have lived in Taiwan for more than a year right now. So what are your likes and dislikes? <laughs> um, I'm not being diplomatic or politically correct <laughs> when I say that I really do like a great deal about Taiwan. The country has grown on me. My earliest days here were struggle when I was working towards making the embassy a reality. But since we have settled in, there is so much to learn and to discover. This island is beautiful, vibrant and on the move, just buzzing with so much to do, so much to learn. My dislike, however, is the stifling humidity, which has not been kind to my plants at Mm -hmm. all. My plants have Mm -hmm. suffered. So everyone, I think, suffers from the humidity and also in the summer Mm -hmm. months of uh, June, July, and August, the unbearable heat, scorching heat. Now, Ambassador, earlier you mentioned that you got your name from (laughs) your tutor, you know, which I'm not going to ask you to say your name, but how's your Mandarin going right now? Anyway, um, (laughs) not that well. Not that well at all. You see, I started formal classes, as I said, but I was not disciplined enough to do my homework. So I'll restart. I'll restart in the <laughs> new year. See, I but I actually got a certificate of participation, you know. I, I got that about two weeks ago. Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> but I think my, my, my tutor's just been kind to me. You know, <laughs> I think she's just been kind. So when you take classes, you're along with uh, some other diplomats yes, here in Taiwan. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have initiated a creative and very productive uh, project uh, by you know putting mandarin language classes on the curriculum in St. Vincent. So what are some of the projects you're working on right now or, or that you hope to push for in the future? Okay. As it is right now, our embassy is awaiting the signing of a memorandum of cooperation on disaster preparedness, management and mitigation. The details of this memorandum are being finalized by the National Emergency Management Organization, NEMO, N-E-M-O, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and the International Cooperation and Development Fund, ICDF, through the Taiwanese Embassy at Home. This memorandum of cooperation has come about as a result of our embassy's launch of a Global Disaster Relief Alliance at the Legislative Yuan on the 4th of May this year. Since then, not only has our embassy received donations towards disaster mitigation from generous Taiwanese companies like Kate Investment and Taiwan Cogeneration Corporation, but the technical expertise of the National Science and Technology Center for Disaster Reduction and the National Center for Research on earthquake engineering has been made available to us and specific data relevant to building disaster resilience in a tropical small island context have been transmitted to the authorities in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So this is one project which should soon come to fruition. Mm, Taiwan normally in the months of, uh, in the summer months, Mm -hmm. suffers from the typhoon. What kind of uh, natural disasters are prevalent in St. Vincent and the Grenadines? Hurricanes. Definitely. Just like in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Definitely Mm -hmm. hurricanes. So we hope um, 
we were all you know free from mm-hmm. COVID 19 and all these natural disasters in the world. We also have an active volcano, Lassufre volcano, and we, we hope that it will never erupt. <laughs> She's been behaving fairly well. Okay, <laughs> we have to keep an to eye on her. <laughs> and we have been again joined in a studio today mm-hmm. by the ambassador of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Ambassador Andrea Bowman. Ambassador, thank you very much for coming to our studio today again. Thank you very much for having us. I say us because I represent St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Yes. <laughs> okay. And that's it for this week's Underline brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week in time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.